Hello, welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill, this is episode 135. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. Right here at the top of the show, I'm going to make a little disclaimer. I'm not sure how well the show's going to go today, because as I record this, I am high as a kite on paint fumes. So here's what happened. We're getting some new furniture. Well, it's not actually new. It's a piece of furniture passed down through my wife's family. It's a sideboard. For those of you who don't know what a sideboard is, don't ask me because I'm not entirely sure either. Um, I think it's just basically like a big dresser that you put in a dining room to set the meat platter on at Thanksgiving. I Honestly, I think that's really all it's for, but it's a huge-ass piece of furniture. And we're getting it. It's been out in Colorado forever with other relatives for reasons. And now it's coming here. It goes with some other furniture that we have that my wife has gotten from her family. Okay, fine. But to get ready for the oncoming sideboard, uh, my wife said, well, we got to move some of the furniture that we already have to get ready for this. I said, fine. And she said, well, as long as we're moving furniture, let's go ahead and paint the living room. She has wanted to paint the living room really since we moved into this house. Uh, I personally think the color that it was was just fine. It was not an exciting color, but it worked with the furniture that we have and the drapes and everything, and I thought the living room looked just fine. But she has had it at the top of her list. Well, actually, hardwood floors are at the top of her list, but painting a room is way cheaper. So it's kind of, by default, at the top of her list to do this. So this seemed like a good opportunity. The upside for me was that she's been home more the last couple of weeks because she's a teacher and it's still summer and she's been teaching summer school that's done now so uh, she's home more and so she said I'll do it I'll paint the living room she meant I didn't have to do hardly anything so okay fine paint the living room and she did and it looks really nice Uh, so then but then she said well you know we never finished the dining room Uh, a year or two ago she painted the top half of the walls a teal color looks really nice and then there's some trim around the middle uh, and then the lower half is still white and it has been since we moved in and she's always wanted to finish that off paint it basically a, a different version of white uh, and do some other trim stuff so she said I'm going to go ahead and finish that uh, again I don't have to do anything so uh, she, was, she did and also did a nice job on that and I thought okay well we're done with the painting then but she said well you know now that you know the living room's done, and the dining room are done. You know, right up next to the kitchen, the paint in the kitchen looks kind of dingy. We painted the kitchen several years ago, too, kind of a pale green. And honestly, you know, it's one of those deals where you like the color, you get the color in the store, you're really excited, but then you get up on the walls, and you're like, eh, this isn't quite what I wanted it to be. So now, a couple of days before the school year is supposed to start, and she's supposed to go back to work, she said, I'm just going to go ahead and paint the kitchen. And I said, really? Are you sure? And she said, yep, I'm going to go ahead and get it done. So she started that on the Friday before the school year starts, the Friday before I'm recording this episode. And she actually got most of it done, to my surprise, before I got home from work on Friday. And it's it's Saturday now. And, uh, you know, and I helped her a little bit with some finishing touches more or less finishing touches last night today I I did some touching up in a few spots 
and the kitchen is done, you know, except for putting the switch plates back on and stuff. And it looks nice too. So I am shocked. In a week, a week's time, not even a week, we've gotten three rooms painted. Yeah, two and a half, I guess, technically. But in the dining room, there was still some other trim stuff that she did on top of that. So let's call that a whole room worth of work. Yeah, three rooms painted. Uh, house is full of paint fumes, and there's furniture in the middle of all these rooms that needs to be put back. And and yeah, I'm, I'm high as a kite. So me and the pink elephant, we're going to give you a good show today. All right. And before we get to the Mad Mike update for this week, Henry has wandered in. Say hi, Henry. He is uh, in the background playing Warp Lock. He I has, record. Yeah, he's already beaten my record. Which, yeah, his record is 17 and I got 25. Now, to be fair, both of us have only played the game a little bit. But, but he, still, I beat your record. But still, he beat my record. Yeah, so he's picking it up pretty quick. You may hear uh, the game in the background from time to time. You may hear Henry in the background from time to time. Just I'd say you might beat your record. We got it. You beat my record. Bye. Turkey. Eight, eight points. All right. Well, let's do the thing. Gonna prove that the world is flat in his rocket ship, or else he'll go splat. He's Mad Mike Hughes. Mad Mike Hughes. On August 16th, he posted that he just signed with a production company to help with a program about amateur space travel for a major network. Yesterday, a meeting with the toy manufacturer of the Mad Mike Stunt Bunny. Yes! Now, now a bunny? So yeah, we know he announced a while ago that he was working on a Mad Mike stuffed toy, but now we know it's a stunt bunny. You want a stunt bunny, a Mad Mike stunt bunny for Christmas, Henry? No. Oh, I man. I don't know anything about Mad Mike. Wow. Prior to the... What? He's crazy. You think he's crazy? Yes. Yeah, possibly. No! On August 11th, he postdated an update on the water speed record boat and ice racer. Okay, I didn't know it was an ice, ice racer. racer. Yeah, I knew it was Does a... Does he even know what an ice skate? Well, no, it's a boat, apparently, that goes on ice. Hopefully it'll be in the water within three months. Does he even know how to operate one of those things? Uh, one wonders, but I don't know. The comments on the boat thing immediately went to, wait, have you proved the earth is flat or not? No. And clearly a mad Mike is getting tired of answering this because he basically says, as stated several times, that is a $2 million venture for a flight to the Carmen line. Someone asked, you launched a rocket before, Liberty One, did you reach your goal to find out whether the earth is flat or not? Mad Mike says, well, the video is on the internet. Yeah, on the video, in the video Pussy Field. I think that was the video where the rocket crashed. Yes. Yeah. I haven't seen the... I don't think I've seen the video where the rocket crashed. So there you go. The boat, the water, and ice racer is coming along, evidently, which has absolutely nothing to do with proving that the Earth is flat. And pretty soon you yeah, can buy a stuffed bunny. Uh, we're really, really pushing the frontiers of science here, friends. This has been this week's Mad Mike Update. Gonna prove that the world is flat in his rocket ship, or else he'll go splat. He's Mad Mike Hughes. Mad Mike Hughes. Okay, so a little while ago, I was telling you how that I'm, I'm uh, getting over the house being full of paint, 
and uh, being being high off the paint fumes, I'm also still coming down from the excitement that is Sharknado 6. Production, you know, production disclosure here. As you're listening to this, it's uh, at least a week since Sharknado 6 was on TV. As I'm recording it, it hasn't actually been on yet. It'll be on tomorrow from my point of view. But I am sure it's going to be epic. What's not to like? Time-traveling Nazi sharks. Blah, blah, blah. Henry's claiming he beat my record again. Which means he Since beat... Since I had 25, and now, and now I have 22. Blah, 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 blah. I'm not listening. I'm not listening. I'm not jealous. I'm not listening. That's the, that's the starting of jealousy. The starting of jealousy? I'm not jealous. Guess what? Okay, a little bit. Suck it up, baby. <laughs> Thank you, Henry. So anyway, Sharknado 6, time-traveling Nazi sharks, is how I heard it described once, and I am in. If any of you watched Sharknado 6, let me know. I can't remember the name of it, but there was a homebrew, apparently you could get for a while, that wasn't technically Sharknado, but it was a... A knockoff version, an unauthorized, you know, uh, game loosely based on Sharknado, but it was really, really expensive, and I don't think you can get it anymore. But if someone finds a way to make a Sharknado, reasonably priced Sharknado-esque game for the Atari, let me know, because I would play the heck out of that thing. Right around Sharknado 3, the premise got kind of tired, but I've stuck with it. All the way through because there's just something compelling about it. So, yeah, I would love to hear your thoughts about the Sharknado franchise. I will sure, I'm sure I will have more to say about it next week, which honestly will be quite quite a long time after it aired, but will, it will still be fresh to me when I record next time. So, you know, stay tuned for that, all you Sharknado freaks. What else? Have you guys seen... I'm sure you have, and I just watched it recently. I may have watched it before, too, but uh, this, I think, may have been a first for me. The video on YouTube, Conan O'Brien playing Atari games. Um, apparently, he does a segment. I, I've kind of fallen out of habit of watching the Conan show on TBS. Uh, I like Conan. I really liked him on Late Night. I liked it when he went to The Tonight Show. I was sorry that he didn't stay, and I did watch the Conan show for a long time, but i kind of fallen out of the habit. But apparently he does a segment on there with some guy whose name I didn't catch where they play video games. Uh, and mostly they play more current stuff. And the joke is that Conan O'Brien's really not a video game player. Uh, and for this segment, I think they call the segment The Clueless Gamer, he played a selection of Atari games, ranging from combat to uh, Pitfall to Space Invaders. And a bunch of other ones in between. And mostly he makes jokes about them. It's kind of a funny video. I see a little alien dude, I just want to blow you up. Meanwhile, Henry just wants to blow up little alien dudes. Yeah, um, they want those skills. They want those skills so I can. So, the Conan segment's pretty good. I just saw it, I think, for the first time. I'm sure I'm late to the party on that. But I wanted to share my joy at the internets. 
The Atari 2600 is kind of the grandfather of all video games. I thought this was a, a grill, a George Foreman grill. <laughs> I'm glad you told me because I was just about to put two hamburger patties down and start grilling. Now quickly show me the video game controllers that we've been using. Yeah. All the games I've reviewed pretty much yes. have been with this incredibly sophisticated control system. But let's step back in time. Look at this. Yeah. This looks like the defibrillator they used on Elvis. <laughs> Alright, well that's enough news for this week. Let's get on to this week's game. This week's game is... I want to shoot some aliens and blow them up. No, Henry, the game is not I want to shoot some aliens and blow them up. It should be. <laughs> well, even if it should be. You know, candy and nuts... How's that go? If if and buts were candy no! and nuts, we'd all have a wonderful Christmas. You're it looking at me strange. Like foggy. I sound like a froggy? Yeah, you sound like froggy when you get thrown over by a, I by a truck. Well, mate, thanks for tying it into Atari, but I do not sound like Frogger when he gets run over by a truck. Fine, when he gets eaten by an alligator. I am a professional podcaster. I have a podcaster voice. No, you don't. <laughs> Every, voice. Everyone's a critic. Anyway, this week's game is Warp Lock. By Data no. Age, 1982. Yes, it is. That's what you're playing right now. No, it's called I Wanna Blow Up Some Aliens. It's not called I Wanna Blow Up Some Aliens. I'm calling it that. Sorry. Fine. You call it whatever you want. I'm going to tell it's people. It's the game that I beat Daddy Duncan on. I'm going to tell people how to play it. It's the other game that I beat Daddy. So the game comes with Warp Lock Intergalactic Combat Manual. We see a picture of spaceships above a planet. Can everyone in the back see that? Okay, no. fine. I'll be honest, I can't see it either, because the transcript of the manual I have doesn't have the pictures in it. Piloting your spacecraft to the outer reaches of the galaxy on the fringes of hyperspace and hypertime, you find you are trapped in a space-time warp that immobilizes your ship. Except it doesn't. Uh, I gotta, I gotta call uh, shenanigans there, because I'm watching Henry play, and I've played this game. You're moving. You're not trapped at all. You can't go up and down, but you can go left and right, so you're not immobilized. From nowhere comes a band of space pirates out to destroy you and your crew. Your tachyon launcher. Are tachyons a real thing? I feel like maybe they are, but I also kind of feel like maybe they stole. I feel like maybe they stole that word from Star Trek. I don't know. I'm not sure. Any uh, physicist out there, let me know. Anyway, your tachyon launcher, firing lethal particles that travel faster than light. It's still operational. These aren't traveling faster than light. If they travel faster than light, I would be at 50. But even the space-age artillery can't save you unless your fighting reflexes are in top form. Mission objectives. Taking aim at the tor- Taking aim at the tormentors swarming outside your spacecraft's main viewport, you must destroy the space bandits' ships before they get you. At the same time, you must avoid the photon bombs with which some of your attackers are equipped. How to fight the battle. You plug in the game, you turn on the game. Duh. <laughs> for best contrast, I didn't do this, but for best contrast, turn the brightness control switch on your TV to a low setting, because it just makes the screen look better, supposedly. Okay, what's the lightning contrast? For even more real... St- it, it's the... Uh, it doesn't go black and white. Nope, Henry was just messing with the console, he discovered that the black and white setting doesn't do anything. The manual suggests for even more... 
for even more realistic effects, turn down the room lights and watch the wake left by the space bandit ships as they blare across the screen. We did! I'm not it sure that blare is the word they want there. Blast, maybe? Blaze, maybe? I don't think they want to say blare across the screen. That just means they yell really loud. And while they do make noise and it's super annoying, I wouldn't call it blaring. Anyway. Oh, we're using the paddles for this. I didn't say that before. Paddle controllers. My paddle, co paddle controllers, not in the best of shape. Uh, one of them makes a, a weird clicking sound. There's clearly something rattling around inside. What? I don't know, but Why I don't think it's supposed to do that. I don't aim, I just shoot. Henry's strategy is not to aim, he just shoots, is what he's saying. Easier. It's easier. Especially the ones who shoot back at you. Aha, because of alien butt. Hmm. I do the blowing up here, not you. I do the blowing up in the winning. So we plug in the uh, paddles, hold I the controller. Well, we know how to hold the controller. Two players use both controllers, obviously. Player one uses the left controller, player two uses the right controller. Select the game you wish to play. You can play one or two players. To begin gameplay, press the reset, and then press the red fire button on the paddle controller. If you forget momentarily to press the red button after you press reset, you get to enjoy the lovely background noise a little bit more. When player one spacecraft is, stuck, is struck, his turn is over, and he must press the game reset switch to begin a new game. Warp lock doesn't mess around. You get one life and that's it. And the game is over, so quit your whining. Two players. Uh, player two must press his red fire button to start his turn. Once player two's turn is over, you depress either the game reset button or player one's red fire button to begin a new game. You get a point for each enemy ship that you hit. Move your tachyon launcher to the left or right with your paddle controller. Press your uh, fire button to launch tachyon energy rods on their deadly mission. Once your score has reached 99, your score block indicators will return to zero and begin again at one point. No! I beat my old record. Henry's doing really well. Now Henry's doing a little victory dance. Victory dance! Victory! So we get a lovely diagram of the layout of the screen, pointing out player one score, player two score, enemy ships, photon bombs, tachyon energy rods, and tachyon launcher. The game will escalate in difficulty as the enemy switch as the enemy ships increase in speed and number. Once you've scored 16 hits uh, or 16 points, the enemy craft will begin dropping photon bombs. A potentially explosive situation! Exclamation point. All Data Age games carry a limited one-year warranty. Ooh, I wonder if this game's out of warranty yet. So when, uh, oh, 1982? Yeah, I think it probably is. Look for other Data Age video games wherever video game cartridges are sold, which is nowhere. If you can't find our games in your area, which I can't, drop us a line and we'll send you a list of stores near you. No, they won't. And that is how you play Warplock. Oh yeah, I'm at 30. Data Age, who made this game, of course, has a, a page. Yeah, Henry's busy showing no! off. No! I just got 43! Henry's up to 43. He's only been playing Boom, yeah. basically in the time we've been doing this podcast. Uh-huh. So, the Data Age page on Wikipedia says that Warplock was included this on a list game. of the worst, of uh, the 10 worst Atari games ever. What? No, it's a game I beat, da I beat Daddy on like five Henry times. would disagree. He's actually kind of liked in it. Huh? Shoot! Are you really of shooting? This dude is obviously not really of shooting. The video game critic gave the game a C-, noting that the game has sloppy graphics, unimaginative gameplay, and irritating sound effects. It's what? amazing that I actually enjoyed playing it. 
Talk about the pink people. The pink aliens. Graphics are minimal, the constant beeping is annoying as hell. The control is good, however, and Warplock does provide a decent challenge. Unlike most games, you only have one life. You score one point per hit, and it's actually tough to score above 25. Although, Henry would disagree. For some reason, shooting one invader in a group automatically kills the rest. Oh, I forgot to mention that. Uh, or actually, okay. I forgot later to mention that in the field report. That bugs me. Like when they come in a cluster of two or three, you only have to shoot one. Why? And How it destroys all of them. How does that bug you? Because oh, it's three of them. Because you only get one point? Yeah, because you only get one point. Yeah, that's kind of dumb. <laughs> Video Game Critic says it's a weak effort, but Warplock manages to be fun in spite of itself. Duh. I just shoot all the time. I just shoot. Yes, we've already noted Henry's strategy. Don't aim, just shoot. I never stop shooting. Mm. Uh, um, thank you for your time. Now you need to blow up. No! Not blow me up. Talk about the, green, the pink people. Or did you already? Henry wants me to say something about the pink people. Who are the pink people? The aliens. What about them? I don't know. Something oh. in the menu, catalog. Nope. Nope. All we really know is that these are space pirates. Alright, well we'll talk about the game more in our field report. After the break, time and space are neither warped nor locked. They're just misunderstood. Discuss. Warplock is a logical progression across the star field, firing at enemy saucers as they fire upon you while you're stuck in the time-space continuum. It makes perfect sense, totally logical that you would be doing this. So I submit to you, it's not so much Warplock as it is Warp Spock. Am I right? So we have a star field here. I'm not sure why the stars are green, but okay. I guess from Earth, uh, we're not really seeing the stars what they look like anyway. Um, they don't really have those neat little five points of light. So I guess if Atari wants to make their, or I should say Data Age, wants to make their star field green, I guess they can. The background audio is super annoying. It's basically space aliens farting, I think. Uh, Alright, well let's play this thing and see what happens. I don't know what these things flying at me are. They don't look like anything. I guess those... Oops. You know what? Warplock, super unforgiving. You get one life. If you die, you're dead, mister. No effing around in this game. I guess these sort of... Uh, round things are like space. It kind of looks like a like a thing with legs. That thing sort of looks like some sort of crab or something. Now I'm dead again. Some of these little yellow things. What I'm picturing is Beetle Bailey's hat, which won't mean anything to you unless you've read the Beetle Bailey comic strip and remember it. 
I can't get over how unforgiving this game is. One life and you're done. It'd be nice if your guy could go up and down. I guess that's the warp lock thing, right? You can only go left and right. I was picturing when I read the description of the game that you just can't move anywhere. That would seem to me to be more of a warp lock. Ooh, that thing looks like a pink car. Be riding in the back of my pink Cadillac. Thank you, Bruce. And I'm dead again. Fifteen whopping points. Twin galaxies, I'm headed your way. But yeah, background noise, super annoying. Um, this game gets kind of tiresome pretty quick. Uh, in fact, I think I'm going to call it there. Back to you in the studio. Hey everyone, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Car by Car podcast. Do you like Atari? Of course you do. What about the 8-bit computer line? It was one of the best. Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge-based games for Atari's 8-bit computer line. We also review budget games, which are mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all. We also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy. You'll get all of that and for free just by listening to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's X-E-G-S, the number 8, bit.com. And when you're done listening, please send us your hate mail, because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in. So here's the thing about Warp Lock. Henry, do we like Warp Lock? Why do we like Warp Lock? I think you already know. <laughs> Henry likes Warp Lock because he can beat me at it. Is there any other reason you like this game? No. You said you're not crazy about the pink people. Yeah. Why not? They're harder to get. They're harder to get? Duh, that's what I just said. Duh, that's what I just said. You turd. Don't talk back to me. You! Watch your language. Good response, dude. Alright. You taught me well. I kind of like the game, too. The sounds, I would... If I continue to play this game, I will probably turn the sound off because the sound is super annoying. But it is kind of challenging. The ships move unpredictably. Henry's going to try that. He's trying. He's turning the sound down to see if the game is more enjoyable without the uh, without the sound. It is sort of. Yes, it is. It is sort of uh, brutal. You get one life, and if you lose that one life, the, whatever like, score you accumulated like at one at one point per hit, that's it. Game over, man. It's, a, it's like real life. Yeah. In real life, you only get one. Henry notes that it's like real life. In real life, you only get one life. So, uh, you're, that's very philosophical for a nine-year-old dude. Well done. It's got a 20 now, dude. I didn't even get He got 20 out the correction. I didn't even make it to... I made it to 15, and they started shooting at me. Life is hard in video game land. All right, well... Why what, can't this thing have, have two lasers? I'm not great at this game yet, but I do have some insight into the story within the game. So this week's story is the story. The story of this game is the story of this. This is the story of the game. Aliens are coming, and aliens are coming because they want to get blown up. Aliens are coming because they want to get blown up. Yes. What do you What do you think they're trying to What do you think they're trying to get close to me? Why would they want to do that? I don't know, Aslan. 
I can't. You shot them all. No. There's more fun at me now. All right, I'll ask Two, him. Hey. Oh, you man. See, I couldn't ask him why he wanted to get shot because you shot him. No. Ask them why they want to get blown up. Fine, ask them. Quick. Hey, why do you guys want to get blown up? They're not answering me. No, they just did. And the pink guy just bit your butt. All right. I'll bite you. This week's game is. Let's do the time warp lock again. That's a terrible title. <laughs> I thought you were. I thought you used to be an author. You can make better titles. It is that. not a terrible title. You used to Fine. be an author. Fine. I will explain it. It's a play on a line from Rocky Horror Picture Show. Let's do the time warp again. It's clever. No, it's not. If you know what Rocky Horror Picture Show is, which you don't. So. No, I don't. Moving on. That's probably just a dumb horse talking to little kids like, ah, oh, you want to hide me? You want to get blown up like the aliens are getting? These aliens are getting the butt with. May I tell my story now? I don't know. Make it a good one. <laughs> Make it a good one? Is that yeah. what you said? Make it a good story so this alien was to go to sleep so it would be easy to blow them up. Fine. I will tell my good story. Betty, make the aliens go to sleep. Angus took a deep breath and launched into his list. Padlocks, deadbolts, knob locks, handle locks, cam locks, mortise locks, Euro profile cylinders, wall mounted no! locks, core you cylinders, furniture locks, vending T handle locks, Jimmy proof deadbolts, rim latch locks, key and knob cylinders. Seriously, there's not a lock I can't get through, he said. I won a contest in physics club in college once. It's sort of a hobby. Parter pushed back. Parter pushed back her cap and regarded the eager young pup for a beat. English gets the award for the most for the most aliens blown up by by Is that right? She said. Yes, it is. So you have the precise answer for every situation. I like to think so, Angus said. <gasps> but sometimes I just make it up. I like you, Parter said. Angus quartered an apple with a Swiss Army knife and handed Parter a slice. Well, Angus, Parter said, have you ever seen one of these? A two-foot panel appeared in front of the two and slid open, giving the two representatives of Universal Locksmiths Incorporated a clear view of the space-time continuum. It was underwhelming. Angus wrinkled up his nose. Smells like a sewer. History isn't all daisies, Parter said. See that in the outer quadrant? Near the edge of hyperspace? Parter stuck her continuum. Angus thought he might vomit. Base pirates are about to overtake that ship if we don't get this space-time warp unlocked, Parter said. I don't see it, Angus said. Parter grabbed his hand and shoved him into the continuum. Feel that warp, she said. Angus did. The time key is broken, he said. Parter nodded. The continuum was warm, but not like soothing jacuzzi warm. More like poop warm. But now, closer to the continuum, Angus could see an immobilized ship, the crew frozen in space and time. A second, much larger ship flying at the space-helmeted skull and crossbones was about to crush the smaller ship. All right, hotshot, Parter said. What you got in that bag of yours to open the space-time lock? Angus pulled free of the continuum, running his hands through his hair, cringing as he realized he'd smeared about 40 years of space-time into his luxurious mane. Angus sorted through his assorted key extractors and lockpicks. No disrespect, newbie, but 
I'd like to get home to my cocker spaniel puppy, Earl Dent, sometime today, Parker said. Ah. Angus ah. thought Earl Dent was a dumb name for a dog. He didn't say anything, though. He'd been working on not pushing people away and insulting their choice of dog names seemed like a bad approach. We'll have to double-team this, Parker said. Now watch carefully. I think I've got a handle on this. Specifically this one. She held up a long-handled, broken-time key extractor with a twinkling, otherworldly LED on one end. Now do what I do, Parker said, and crouched before the opening into the continuum. Angus followed suit. Both inserted their broken-time key extractors into the continuum. Moments later, the warp lock seemed to be loosening. Easy peasy, Parker said. Maybe, Angus said, taking a swig of soda. Something didn't feel right. Parker hummed and said, Be home in no time, little Earl Dent. Indulging her inner performer, she started to sing, If I could save time in a bottle. Is that a Jim Croce tune? Angus said. One of his best. Well done, newbie, Parker said. We'll be out of here in no time or at least in unlocked time. But then, all at once, there was a massive inrush of time energy. All of history plucked at the locksmith's souls. Angus didn't know what was now and what was then. Parker shoved Angus clear of the continuum. Damn it, Angus! Parker screamed. Time is too loose. It must be contained. Contain it, Angus! Contain! But then Parker was sucked into the time vortex. She had only time to scream, Murdoch! The name of her ex-husband, as her atoms scattered across all of history. There's a little bit of locksmith Parker in all of us now. Angus collapsed on the deck as history pounded the present into submission. Powdered wigs and medieval knights were already beginning to form. He had to close that hole in space-time now to set things right. Maybe, just maybe, there was a way to do that and open the space lock to free the ship. Contain it. That's what Parker said. That's it. Angus snatched his soda bottle and emptied the backwash. He thrust the bottle deep into the space-time vortex and scooped up the time nucleus. He quickly screwed on the cap containing the nucleus in the bottle. It sparkled like so many captured fireflies. Angus shook the bottle vigorously before opening the bottle and spraying the decimated nucleus back into the vortex like a space-time NASCAR champion celebrating a Galaxy Series win by spewing milk all over the cosmos. Spilling milk all over the Milky Way. Neutered time busted the warp lock. Space-time was restored to normal. The trapped ship went on its way. The space pirates were denied their prize. Parker was still dead, though. But Angus did get a new puppy. Here, Earl Dent. Here, boy. It's all good, then. And that's our show. My thanks to Kevin McLeod at Incomptech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Pinball Spring, and Take a Chance. Thanks to Mike Mann for his Mad Mike Hughes jingle. No thanks to Henry for tromping all over my Warp Lock record. Thanks, Henry. Show notes are available at ataribytes.libson.com. Email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at ataribytes. Or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. And, as always, look for my weirdness on Instagram. Listen to Atari Bytes wherever fine podcasts are sold. Whatever you do, make sure to find the time to head over to Apple Podcasts and lock in a nifty warped review of this podcast. Also, support the show financially if you're able on our Patreon page or by picking up Atari Bytes merchandise, which, yes, is still available at our Atari Bytes store on Zazzle.com. 
Again, if you have any thoughts on what sort of merchandise you would like to see in the store, let me know. Alright, next time on Atari Bytes, in a belated celebration of Sharknado, we're going to play Shark Attack. Dunna, 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 dunna. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.